Do you consider yourself a high achiever? Smart, driven, highly successful? I am so excited to have you. My name is Julia Arndt and I'm the host of the Stress Podcast. I will help you develop your stress resilience the same way you've developed your workplace superpowers. Learn peak performance tools to thrive at work and in your personal life. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next Stressed Podcast episode. I'm always really excited to have you here. I'm always really excited about my podcast guests. And today it's Simone Milasas from Sydney, Australia. Is that correct? Um, I was born in Sydney, Australia, but I actually live up in Queensland on the Sunshine Coast at the moment. Very nice. Welcome to the show, Simone. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk with you about the work that you do. Um, give us a little bit of a heads up. You said we were just uh, talking in the pre-conversation before we hit the record button that you've been already super busy and it's only 9.30 in Australia. So what have you been up to this morning and how did you start your own day? Well, I actually started my day by my alarm going off at 5.30 a.m. And I went, <gasps> you know, what? <laughs> sometimes you just wake up and I, and I had this big, huge sleep last night. But I started my first meeting at 6 a.m. Uh, because of the work that I do, it's like, you know, that morning time in Australia is Europe is still up, America's still up. So it's that really juicy time, we call it, where you wake up and the rest of the world's going, are you awake? Are you awake? Are you awake? Sort of mm -hmm. energy, you know, except for Asia, I will say. Everyone that works with us in Asia, I'm like, I'm so sorry, they have to get up super early. So I've been on uh, a few back-to-back. -back. I did a some meetings and then I did a telecall for all of our certified facilitators in access consciousness that I work with. So, and I quickly cooked some um, eggs in between, made some videos, had a couple of coffees and here I am with you. Very nice. And it's 9.36 a.m. Yeah. Very productive morning. And how do you, when you really like just wake up, do you have a specific routine in place in order to make sure that you're taking care of yourself before jumping into all of these requests from other countries or... Do you feel like you're just kind of jumping right in? No, I do actually. And it, and it took me some time to practice that because like I said, when you wake up and you can, you can, you know, you can hear the whispers in the world going, mm -hmm. are you awake? Are you awake? And it could be, you know, through your text, through your WhatsApp, through your Skype, through your Telegram. I mean, we've got so many platforms nowadays that we work with. Mm -hmm. So I used to, um, you know, years ago, I've been working for 21 years with Access Consciousness. I used to get up and go, who needs me? And now I've sort of taught myself not to do that and I will wake up and most of the time before I even get out of bed, the first thing I do is I lie in bed and sort of like acknowledge my body. I'm like, mm. hey, body, you know, and I might even still stretch out my, you know, my toes or my feet in bed or, you know, do a big stretch in bed and then usually put my hands on my body somewhere and just maybe ask some questions like and one of my like questions I love is asking what would it take for today to be greater than yesterday mm. and not based on judgment just like let's ask for greater each and every day mm. so my probably the only ritual I have in a way is uh is <laughs> sounds so funny is showering but I love water like any form of water I mean mm. sometimes in summer I've got the beach across the road I'll jump out of bed and just run across the road to the beach and get in water Nice. So for me, that like really refreshing getting in water is 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 a really great way for me to start my day. Uh, and then then I will literally ask the question, 
of where is my energy required today? Because I don't really want it all to be like, you know, running my life by the platforms. Like I said, you can spend hours and hours and hours, you know, on your, you know, Skype, WhatsApp, et cetera, and trying to answer and fulfill everybody else's needs rather than what I would do is expand my awareness and ask, where is my energy required today? And then look at that and let that guide me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really powerful. And I'm glad that you actually do have that routine in place um, because I really believe that it is so, so important that we're taking care of ourselves first before we are turning into that work mode. Because otherwise, especially now with working from home, there's literally no work-life boundary anymore if we're not really creating almost more an artificial boundary to do that for ourselves. Yeah. And do you know, though, I, I quite like that, though. Like I like the um I like the diversity. I'm always being like the the going to work for a certain I mean I haven't done it in years but like that Monday to Friday nine to five I never liked that and it's mm -hmm. like because like maybe on a Tuesday afternoon at two o'clock I want to go for a run, you mm -hmm. know. So I do. So I very much mix my life. Like mm -hmm. I will work. Like right now it's like I'll work a good probably three four hours in the morning. But then I've got a session with my personal trainer at midday and I'm going to have lunch with a friend, you know. Mm -hmm. So I do really diversify my day. And I think this reality society sort of says that you have to separate them. And I actually don't quite believe that. Like if mm -hmm. I'm going for a run on the beach, I have some of my best ideas. Mm -hmm. So I'll have my phone listening to podcasts or music or a class that maybe someone's done that I want to listen to. But I'll also come up with ideas and I'll write them down or record myself. So I don't, I actually don't separate myself all the time, but I don't let the business side of it not let me have that nurturing side that I know is possible for me and my body, like mm -hmm. you mentioned. Hmm. Interesting to think about it that way. Yeah, I agree with you on that too. Like I think I do that a lot too. Like I am actually planning to go for a run after our conversation today um, because it's really important, even though I have a million other things to do and I could probably sit in front of my computer for another two or three hours. I really want to get the run in before I do all of that. And I know even though it's going to make me, it's going to be more difficult to get me to do it today because I have all these other things on my mind. I know that I will be better show up and be focused once I had my run, right? And I, I kind of tick that box. So exactly that's, what you that's said. That's the simplicity of it. Yeah, yeah for sure. I yeah. think the reason why I asked you about the morning routine specifically and how you start that part of your day is, is because I think too many of us are starting the day by checking our work emails first. And mm. with that, we are immediately connecting our brains to work stuff. And I think it's really important to have a little bit of a space in the morning to start our day before we start the work day. But then in between the day and at the end of the day, it can be mixed up and, you know, yeah. it, it doesn't, I, I, I totally agree. And I, I really believe in that flexibility too, of having, you know, a mix of your own personal things and work things. But I think in the morning you should have a little bit of time for yourself. Yeah, and can I just say it doesn't need to be like I don't think it actually needs to be this huge amount of time. No, like sometimes yeah. it could be. It could be like an you know an hour or or anything like that. But even it's like like I have a lot of indoor plants because mm -hmm. I used to travel a lot, and now the last two years I've been home, I've discovered a lot of indoor plants, and I love having them. And even if it's like five minutes of me walking around saying hello to them and. Mm -hmm checking in on them and seeing if they need anything. I love that because my yeah. plants can 
to me every day. And it's like, so, and the big joke is someone said to me, have you named them or what are they called? And I said, no, all my plants are called this guy or buddy. Like <laughs> I always go, oh, this guy, this guy, hey, buddy. And I'm like, they're all, I don't know what their, their specific names are, but they're such a contribution. And just even walking around for five minutes with my plants or being out on my, I have a beautiful backyard with blueberries and the lime tree and everything. It's like, it could be that going and picking yeah. a lime that I put, you know, cut up and, and squeeze into some water for me and my body. It's like, that's pretty much what I do nearly every day as well. It's like mm-hmm. just those moments that you're really, I think it's about being present, mm-hmm. being really present with what you're choosing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Simone, um, after talking about the morning routine, let's take a few steps back. <laughs> And okay. I'd love to have you introduce yourself to us. I'd love to hear what you're doing, what you're working on, and also maybe what access consciousness is all about. Um, sure. So, okay. So from a very early age, uh, I was interested in changing the world. And I get it wasn't changing the world. It was more changing the way people looked at the world mm-hmm. is what I realized. Um, I lived in London, you know, when I was like 19 and, and I wrote this big piece on vulnerability because I was like, what if people met each other and they were like, hi, And it wasn't all these barriers and limitations that they had and all these expectations. You know when kids meet and little kids and they don't even care about each other's name. They're just like, they've got this energy of like, would you like to play, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what if we lived in a world like that? What if we were willing to receive from each other and have no judgment? So that's been a very strong desire of mine from a really early age. So I started different businesses um, that matched the energy of, of creating that in the world. And then I came across Access Consciousness and I went, oh, Oh my goodness, this is talking about everything that I'd like to create in the world. Um, and except they had like the tools and the processes and a much quicker way of, of being that in the world. So Gary Douglas, the founder of Access Consciousness and Dr. Dane here is the co-creator. I met them about 21 years ago and I don't know, me being me, it's like I started organizing different things for them. Like I was like, I'd like to have a class here. And so I started organizing it. And then Gary was like, you know, you could work with us. And I was like, no, 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 I have my own business, you know, and was like, I'm too busy. And then, you know, as a very short period of time went on, uh, I was like, this is what I'd like in the world. So mm-hmm. I found myself in, in Houston, Texas, like within 12 months going to this facilitator training course And here I am today. I was the um, worldwide coordinator of Access Consciousness for 18 years. Now I'm, I, um, I had to pass that on a little bit because we just grew so fast and I love the business side of it. So I still am involved in the bigger business projects and I facilitate a lot of the advanced classes around the world as well. And it's basically about changing any area of your life that you think is not working for you. And, you know, it can get really weird and wacky and I absolutely love it and inviting people to more awareness and, and more consciousness. Um, I have written three books. So I wrote Joy of Business, which doesn't seem to make sense in any language. It's translated in 16 languages and everyone goes, uh, Joy of Business, we, we don't have the words for that in our language. And I go, it doesn't make sense in English either. People don't usually put those in the same sentence, you know. <laughs> so. I wrote Joy Business and I've written Getting Out of Debt Joyfully and also another book with my ex called Relationship, Are You Sure You Want One? Mm-hmm. And I've written those. We do seminars on that, etc. So, yeah, lots of different things. Wow. So you're a very busy woman. <laughs> That's why you get up at the I am a really busy morning. woman. Yeah. 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 But I absolutely love it. Yeah. 
That's incredible. Yeah. And so as you are facilitating different trainings for access consciousness, um, what are your favorites? What are the topics that you like to talk most about? Uh, that's, <laughs> that's funny you should ask that because I literally, I, I sound like a broken record, but every time I do a class, I go, oh, that's my favorite class to facilitate. And then I do the next one and I go, <laughs> oh, that's so much fun. I will say generally, um, I really like talking about business and money because to me, it's so malleable. Business is just something that we can, I think we can, whatever you desire to create in the world, you can have a business that matches that energy and roll it out there in the world and be what you want to be. So to me, I love that. Uh, the relationship done different took me a little longer because people get really significant and righteous in what they think is the right relationship. So that was sort of like, sometimes I felt hitting my head against a brick wall. Uh, but the piece that I've noticed is when we do these relationship classes, so many people come expecting one thing and then they walk out going, oh, I can have like this intimacy with myself. I can have, which is what you talk about, you know, like mm -hmm. that, like that honoring of you, that nurturing of you, because I think if you have that with yourself, you know, that, that allowance, that no judgment, the honoring, the nurturing of you, then you can actually have that with somebody else. So, mm -hmm. so having be able to crack that open for people and, and them realize that there's a different choice is one of the most gratifying things in the world. So I know I didn't really answer your question because <laughs> I like them all, but you know, yeah. as they come up, that's my, that's my next favorite. <laughs> okay, great. Um, well, today I wanted to talk with you specifically about the tox, like toxic productivity. And um, um, before we jump into more questions, I'd love to just define that. What does it mean? What is toxic productivity? Well, I think toxic productivity is a little bit like what we were talking about before. Like if someone does wake up in the morning and go <gasps> and look at their emails and they start creating their day around the demand and the needs of others like that, you know, the email, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And it becomes this life of do, 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 do. You know, you create this big list and it's almost like proving your worth by how much you do. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to flip it. And what if you could never have to prove yourself to anyone, but by who you choose to be each day is the greatest invitation in the world for something greater and more ease. Like I think we need to have more relaxation. So toxic productivity, I would say, is that place where you eliminate you from the equation. Like you're not in the computation anymore and it's it's just about, you know, ticking the boxes, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, but it's like, where are you? Are you in the equation? Mm -hmm. And can you tell us more about that equation? So what if we are not in that equation? Well, I think, you think I mean, one of the things I talk about all the time is this is your life, like this is it, like where you are right now. It's like you chose to be here. Like you cannot blame anyone else for what has not shown up in your life. You know, people always do that. Oh, but my family, the, you know, the lack of money or too much money or, you know, my culture, my religion, my da 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 And it's like, nope, there is nobody else to blame except for you. You are the one that created your life as it is today. So mm -hmm. are you enjoying it? Do you like it? And if you don't, then what if you changed something? So I think what it starts with is you being really present with yourself and asking, well, what is it that I would like to have as my life? Like for me, when I said before, uh, I knew that I wanted to create a change in the world in some way. 
And I had no idea what that would look like. I just started writing down like, like one of the first things was like the vulnerability. And I, I actually caught this bus. I was living in London and I didn't have much money at the time. So, and I was living with a lot of people. So for me to get some space for myself, I used to jump on one of the big London red buses and sit up the top at the front and just write. And, and I rode from one end of London to the other. And what I noticed was, and this was the beginning of a lot of stuff that I created too, was as I went through this whole area, you know, you've got the, the Jewish area. Um, the Pakistani area, the Indian area, the, you know, the black, the white, the, you know, the religious, the wealthy, the poor, all of this, as I went across London and I kept looking out the window and I was like, I didn't see any happy. Mm. So it didn't matter what people had created as their life. I was like, where's the happiness? Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to look at what could we create in the world that would have more happy and I actually saw this famous musician in London and she had a T-shirt on that had something that was quite derogatory. And I thought, God, you have the chance to wear something that has words on it that can change the way people look at themselves and look at the world and that's what you choose. And I was like, all that's doing was creating this like, like this mm. destruction and, and, and a, this finite sort of world rather than what question could we be that would open something else up to something greater? I mean, most people spend mm. their life judging themselves. What if it was time to stop judging you? So, mm. and I think that's a really key thing. Stop judging you, start to look at what it is you'd like to create as your life. And so for me, I was like, I'd like to create this change. Okay, how do I do this? What action do I take? You know, and then, you know, businesses, et cetera, I created and then skip forward. I met, you know, Gary Douglas and Dane here and Access Consciousness and I'm here today, 21 years later, and it's still creating, you know, more change for me and everybody else and about being present with what it is, asking for that and then taking the action for that to show up. Because it's like, what do you really desire to create as your future? Because every single choice you make permeates into the world and affects the entirety of the world. So what is that going to be, you know? Mm -hmm. So if someone is listening right now and they are thinking, yeah, I've, I feel like I may be toxic, like I have this toxic productivity. I get up in the morning. Um, I feel like there's nothing else I can do because there, there's all these people that want something from me and maybe I'm working for a corporation or maybe I, maybe let's do more of the corporation piece instead of entrepreneurship for now at least and say, okay, like there's all these you know stakeholders and clients that want something from me. And I'm going to be uh, evaluated on my performance, um, on how I'm showing up every single day. How can I get out of that spiral of, you know, kind of responding to others and focusing more on myself and prioritizing better what I need to get done in order to also make other people happy? Yeah. Okay. So let's see if we can do this because it's a little bit of a, it's a great tool and it's a little bit tricky, if, but try and follow me here, listeners is so everything that you just described is perfect because that's happens in, in you know i remember in the corporate world you'd almost walk in and be like mm, like you know mm -hmm. all the needs of everybody mm -hmm. instead of going okay so what can i be here now it's about being in question and you may think this is really um flippant but it's not questions are so powerful right we think we have to find the answer on everything mm -hmm. but in truth being in question and asking a question is even more powerful so, and you're dealing with people, you know, so people have different days, you know, the people that you work with and clients, et cetera. Uh, most people like to deal with someone who's actually being really present and is real. You know, they're there. 
And so if you just like calm yourself down, even if you need to go into the bathroom and people think you have diarrhea at work, okay, do it. And it's like, take yourself into the bathroom if you have to, or relaxation at the desk and just ask yourself the question, if I was being totally relaxed now and choosing to function from my awareness, then what action would I take? Because instead of going, oh, da, 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 and all the pile of stuff on your desk, you may get this hit and it's a hit. It's a whisper to go check on your boss and just go, hey, you know, how, how long have you been in here for today? Do you need me to get you a coffee? Are you hungry? Do you need something? to Do you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. if you expand your awareness out, then you'll be aware of what everybody requires. Mm-hmm. Like when, what if we didn't function from like this artificial intelligence world where it was like filled with algorithms, it was actually more that being present with each other and being people on this planet and going, hey, what do you need right now for me? And ask them, mm-hmm. what do you need right now for me? What can I do for you? What can I contribute to you today? And if you see someone in the workplace who's all stressed out, it's like, hey, is there something I can help you with? Because most people, what I noticed when I was in, uh, I actually worked in government in, in Australia, in Sydney, and I noticed that if it wasn't on their list and their agenda, it didn't matter what was happening around them, they just wouldn't do it. And I, and I was always like, why wouldn't you help a fellow person out if they're really slammed and they need something? And I think it really starts with you as a person walking in and just being like, okay, I've got stuff to do. Again, I gave this question out earlier. Where is my energy required right now? Where is my energy required today? Because if you buy into the needs of others, then you become controlled by their needs rather than your awareness is something so much greater. Mm-hmm. So they may actually need some acknowledgement. It's just like, hey, quick phone call. You know, I'm on it. This is what we've got working with you. It's like, you know, I'm going to be back to you this afternoon or tomorrow morning, but acknowledging them instead of ignoring. And I think when people get really stressed out, they start to ignore everything going on around them rather than acknowledge it and ask what contribution that you can be. Stop judging yourself because you're not wrong and you don't have to try and get it right. Most people would rather be uh, right than be free. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you stop trying to get it right, then you will have your awareness would just be like, because you are aware of so much more than what you've been willing to acknowledge, like really. Mm-hmm. And one of the tools I would give you is ask, who does this belong to? So when you go into the workplace and you ask, who does this belong to? It's like 99% of your thoughts, feelings, and emotions are not yours. They belong to everybody else. You are more psychic than you've been willing to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. So you walk in and it's like, you're like, And it's like this, you know, computer that's just going off. It's going crazy. And it's like, okay, relax. What relaxation can I be right now? And then ask, what what do I need to be aware of? Where is my energy required? And you'll know who to talk to and you'll know who to contribute to at that moment. Hmm. Okay, interesting. So I have a few questions on that. First of all, um, you know, I would think that the first important thing to do when you're working into a stressful day is to acknowledge yourself of what you need. And maybe then the next step is to be to ask other people what they might need. Is Are you agreeing with that or would you see that in a different way? Um, no, I think it's I think it's like sort of same, same, but different. Um, mm-hmm. When you say acknowledge what you need, it's like I'm going to say, what if you needed nothing and everything was available? Mm-hmm. which is an odd thing to say, but it's like right from the beginning of when you woke up in the morning, it's like, you know, what if your need was just to be happy? Mm-hmm. Like what if your need was to be joyful? 
And most people don't like it when you are joyful all the time or happy all the time because they cannot control you and they cannot work you out and you no longer fit in the box that they've decided that they would put you in. Mm. So what if you, but I mean, to me, that's like every day. It's like when you wake up in the morning, it's like, what are you choosing? Are you choosing ease? Are you choosing joy? Are you choosing happy? You know, and Mm -hmm. then go about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Same. And a little bit different. Okay. And then, so if I think about that again, um, with, you know, maybe the thought in mind that, you know, my listeners are stressed out corporate employees and, um, they 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 would go about this maybe they don't feel very connected to their consciousness or their, to their awareness or to the consciousness of other people because i feel like you need to know yourself pretty well first before you can also understand other people and have your own experiences um in order to right that's all about emotional intelligence like understand then other people and help them act in the right ways as well What if you turn your attention outward and you pay attention to what other people need and create awareness around that? And then you would actually just um, put out fires instead of maybe really focusing on the important things. Is it more that you need to find a balance between both that maybe you need to find a balance between your priorities and the things that are important for you while still being open to what other people might need your help with? Yeah, I mean, but, but I mean, yeah, I would ask that that's how you be all the time with everything, with your family, with your relationships, with your workplace, with everything. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, don't give up you for anyone, mm-hmm. anyone, ever. And I know that you keep mentioning needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just because you are aware of other people's needs doesn't mean you have to fulfill them. Mm-hmm. You get to choose. It's like you get to choose what shows up next. Like I remember there was a, a, a CEO of a huge company, one of the top 500, com- um, you know, companies, and uh, there was this interview I saw with her and she went home at five o'clock and the, the guy who owned the company was like, hey, you're going home at five o'clock. Like, you know, what's up? Is something wrong? Like is something? And she went, no, it's five o'clock. I'm going home. The day's over. You know, and he, he looked at her like the CEO of this major company and she said, you know what, I've got a family and I've got kids. And so I've been here all day, I'm going home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, brilliant. Like she wasn't doing it from resistance and reaction or looking for a fight. She was doing it from choosing for her. Mm-hmm. And every choice should be for you. Like even if you uh, perceive somebody's needs, you still get to choose. Like you still get to choose. And it's like, okay, is that going to create something greater? It's like, does it, you know, match the energy of what it is that I'm asking for? It's mm-hmm. like, I mean, what if what if everything you've ever been told about life and about business and about work and about corporate and about money you found out was a lie, what would you choose? Mm-hmm. So I think it, every choice includes you. Like one of the things I would say is it's not about choosing from the this, like I say, the kingdom of me, you know, where it's like people do that thing too. It's all about me. No, I've got to get this and I've got to get that and da-da-da. And it's like, no, what if you chose from the kingdom of we which includes everything and everyone. Because when you choose for you, you show others that they can also choose for them. I mean, a great example of that is being a parent. Mm-hmm. It's like you choose for you. You show your kids that they can choose for them. Same thing in the workplace. And it's like if you're working with people, uh, like how empowering can you be? You know, most people try and prove, they try and get it right. It's like, you know, it's filled with um, 
this um, energy of like, you know, who made the best choice, who did this? Well, is that the world you'd like to live in? I think that's where it starts is what world would you like to live in? What world would you like to create by your choices? So you can choose to contribute to others. But yeah, I, I think in every choice that you make, you're, it's like you are fulfilling essentially your desire. Like, but what is it you want to create in the world? You've got to get clear on that too. Mm -hmm. And what if somebody listens and thinks, I don't really want to create anything in the world for, for the company that I work for, but that's just how I make my money. Cool. Then you're, then you're actually clear on what it is. You mm -hmm. just want to make money. Mm -hmm. So if you just want to make money, then make money, but don't make it wrong. Mm -hmm. I was talking to someone earlier this morning and they said, oh, someone that they just hired, you know, basically all they want to do is make money. And I said, great, you've got the information. Their agenda is to make money. So use it to your advantage. It's like get them to make you more money. Mm -hmm. Don't judge it, but it's like, but look at it. It's like, okay, so, so, and if you are working in a job that you hate, I don't, I never get that. I'm like, what are you doing it for? Like, what if you actually switched it up? What else is possible? And I know that we live in, you know, an interesting time right now. And it's always been, you know, there's always been possibilities. There is always possibilities available. And what if you got to choose what actually works for you? Mm -hmm where you can be happy and make money, for example, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, because I, mean, I think it's more of a okay. limiting belief. Like it's more a limiting belief that I can only make money with this, but I can't make money with what makes me happy. And so we are choosing maybe that, that other thing that actually increases our stress levels and might feel a lot more like toxic productivity than if we would choose yeah. something that makes us genuinely a better person yeah. because we're happy about what we're doing. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you just said that too, because. How much stress have people decided they must have in their life in order to maintain being normal, you know? Mm -hmm. And what if we gave up normal? Like if you look at, say, um, you know, the stock exchange and stock stockbrokers and they work on an 80-20 rule, so 80% success, 20% failure, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, and if you have that point of view, that is what you'll create, you know? But what if you had a different point of view? So like how much, what percentage of stress are you supposed to have in your life to maintain normal? And I'm going to ask you, what if we gave up being normal? Like what if we created something different? Mm -hmm. what, if you you, what if you could have no stress? And the second you perceive that stress, a great tool that I would suggest all the time is do something every single day that nurtures you. Mm -hmm. Like if you can do one hour a day and one day a week, something that nurtures you and ask what that is because most people go to a definition of it oh getting a massage going for a walk mm -hmm. having a bath sleeping more it could be anything mm -hmm. okay it's like what is that one hour a day that nurtures you and one day a week if you can do that it'll create you being more present in in you and your choices mm -hmm. yeah it could be talking to your plants right <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Well, actually, i really love I that you i love that you were sharing that sharing this example because i think we are always just going back to those basic five things of like drinking a coffee or journaling or meditating or stretching right but can be so many different things like the the world the world is your oyster and if you love to go to talk to your plants and maybe water them in the morning or you know go over the street and go have a dip in the ocean like that's amazing you know there's yeah. no right or wrong as long as you and fully enjoy doing that and be present with that you know there was a funny story this friend of mine he he was living in korea at the time and and you know working for different people etc 
And he rang me and I had a business at that time that was selling merchandise, right? And he said to me, hey, do you think, he said, I've been looking at that thing about one hour a day and one day a week that nurtures you. And he said, I'd like to see if I could bring good vibes for you into Korea. Do you mind if I do that? And I just laughed and I went, you're hysterical. Your one hour a day and one day a week that nurtures you is creating another business in Korea. Now, most people wouldn't put that as the nurturing, but he was like, no, I feel like that would be really nurturing for me. And I was like, go for it. Yeah. And you know, it was interesting how like people would put that into that. No, that's not nurturing. It mm-hmm. was for him. Mm-hmm. So what is it for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How would you act or react or help someone that you perceive to uh, experience toxic productivity? Right. I think we all have that in our lives where we're perceiving another person, maybe someone that's close to us um, that is caught in this stress cycle and caught in that grind and they don't see it um how how can you help someone get out of that okay so unfortunately you can't change people unless they are actually willing to receive it mm-hmm. um trust me i wish you could because i'm one of the biggest control freaks in the world and if i could <laughs> mm-hmm. i would but the first thing i would do is just ask them a question It's like, be really present with them and just say, hey, I've noticed that, you know, you seem a little stressed out. And it's like, you know, is, is what you're choosing for work or whatever it is, it's like, you know, is that actually working for you? And you'll, you'll get like, they'll, they'll have an answer and they'll be like, no, or yes. And it's like, well, I wonder if there's a different way that you could do this or you could be with this. Mm-hmm. Like, and ask them questions. Because if you ask someone questions, then they get to have the awareness themselves. And The thing is, you can try and tell someone what they should be doing to create their life greater, but all you're doing then is controlling them. And that's not them having the awareness. That's you being really bossy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, but if you ask them a question, then they get to have the awareness and no one can ever take that away from them. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then they can make their own decisions of what yeah. ones that they can take in order to feel yeah. better about themselves. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my ex many years ago, he hated doing what he was doing. And I said to him, like, he hated it. He'd come home from work and hated it. And I went, look, I'm making enough money at the moment to support both of us. Why don't you quit doing what you're doing and give yourself some space to figure out what it is that you'd like. Mm-hmm. And he was like, wow. I mean, it was such a huge gift to him. So he did. And he gave himself the space to figure out what it was. And he completely changed what he did in his career. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but he gave himself that space. But if you if you can nurture someone and give themselves that space and, and let them know that it's okay, it's not wrong, mm-hmm. then, then you will be empowering them to be all that they can be. Yeah. And I love that, you know, today we live in a society where we have the possibility to do that. It's not, and I think, even our parents would have that possibility but you know they are just kind of you know they grew up with like I'm choosing this like I'm choosing this profession and I'm doing it for 40 years right but I think really uh, you know our generation we really think differently and we take that space to be like okay I don't like this mm-hmm. anymore maybe I love I loved it for five years and then I didn't like it anymore and now I am also allowed to reinvent myself completely Yeah, I love that too, that we have that possibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did so many jobs, like, and I would do them for like three months. Like my resume looks terrible. And I remember <laughs> this one guy said to me, he was like, you've done a lot of different things and you've left. And I was like, I looked at him and I went, yeah, I got bored. And he was like, so are you going to get bored here? And I was like, 
I didn't have an answer for you, but it was like, I, I allowed myself to move on. And I remember my father and he was, you know, from Lithuania and, you know, escaped during World War II. So to him, education and finance was really important. Mm. And he said to me, you know, you should get a good, safe job. Like, why don't you see if you can get a job in a bank? And I remember being horrible, petulant teenager. And I was like, I'd rather stick needles in my eyes than get a good, safe job. Like I was like, <laughs> I, I want to explore. I want to create. I want to have this adventure, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for his support that he was my entire life. But, you know, it's like you're right. It's like there's different generations have different mm-hmm. points of view and, and we have so many possibilities available. They're endless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. And um, there's a notion of unconditional happiness that I've been thinking a lot about over the last um, few days because I've been reading The Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer. And he talks mm-hmm. about unconditional happiness, which is which has been something really interesting for me because I've been thinking a lot about unconditional love over the last maybe two years. And and I've never thought about anything else unconditional. And you've been talking a lot about happiness in this um, podcast interview today too. And I'm curious, what what would your definition be of unconditional happiness? Uh, I would say it includes everything and judges nothing. Because I think most people, when you go, ha- like, if you look at happiness, right, it's like, what's your definition of happiness? Like, You know, I years ago, there was this woman who used to always laugh out loud hysterically about everything. And I always thought, God, she's always so happy. But when I looked underneath it, it was like, oh, no, that was her nervous reaction for everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, what's your happy? And and I'm a big <laughs> I'm a big believer in it. If you want to get cranky or angry about something, don't judge it. Enjoy it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like you get angry and it's like, and, you know, you want to yell and scream and you, you know, blah, 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 and whatever. And it's like, usually you put so much energy into it after 10 minutes and it's like, I'm done. <laughs> it's like, that's exhausting. You know, mm-hmm. now I'm going to choose something different. So don't like, what if you're happy? Didn't, wasn't always like, you know, rainbows and unicorns and smiles on your face and, and laughing hysterically. What if you're happy is being okay with you? Mm-hmm. What if you're happy was never judging your choices ever again? Mm-hmm. So if you choose anger, you choose anger. You know, you choose, uh, I was talking to someone the other day about how they were saying, oh, I slept in. And I'm like, it's not funny how we will judge ourselves for mm-hmm. sleeping too late. And I'm like, what's too late? Mm-hmm. Like, did you, if you got up 30 minutes earlier, would you be less judgmental of yourself? And it's like, who cares if you get up at 6am or you get up at midday? It's like, live your life. It's like, so to me, that unconditional happy would be never judging you or anyone else again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Simone, this was so interesting to talk with you today. Very different podcast interview um, in a very open and, you know, open way, which I which I really appreciate. Um, how can people work with you? How, how do you work with people in general? Um, well, I, I have a really good name because you can Google it. And so far, I don't, haven't discovered another Simone Millis's. So <laughs> if you Google Simone Millis's, it's my Instagram handle, Facebook, website, all of that. Um, and it's S-I-M-O-N-E-M-I-L-A-S-A-S. And you actually pronounced it correct, by the way. Mm. It was very, um, hardly anyone ever does that. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, and, you're welcome. And, um, and I that do classes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, no one does it. So, um, but where are you from? From Germany. Okay. All right. Mm. So you, you're in that side of the world because it came from Lithuania. So it has that. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe it has a little bit more of that. Yeah, yeah. But I do classes, I do private sessions, I've got the books out there. So if you if you want more, check that out. Accessconsciousness.com. 
Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciated your honest um, opinion and honest conversation with me. I wish you all the best for the future and thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with the world and good luck with everything. You too. And thank you so much for having me. My pleasure.